Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. We have a new setup up yeah. in here. Look at this beautiful, beautiful view you have. Yeah, uh, we're totally excited about Will. that. We have a very special guest because he gets to help Chris in this new place. Johnny Shack. Johnny Shack. Entrepreneur. Get to pop the cherry on this new spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you got the nice view. You're the first person to see this amazing view. I know. Yeah. It's a great view. I mean, you know, don't want to go home anymore. It's, gonna it's a glistening up. water. He's going to sleep over here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can make some room for you. Yeah. I'm just going to squat. I'm just going to be one of those. <laughs> so, yeah, we thought it was interesting to get you on. I know, I know that uh, you're an entrepreneur. You were, you're actually a serial entrepreneur. Uh, you, you've taken uh, a lot of risks, started a lot of businesses, um, seem pretty successful from the ones that I've seen and some really good ideas. Um, but during this time with the whole scare coronavirus, I mean, how, how has that impacted your business? Well, just in general, just the business and the Asian business has been impacted very harshly. There's been a lot of scares. I have friends in the restaurant industry in New York. Um, a lot of them are Asian. A lot of the restaurants are getting, you know, a lot of backlash for what's going on. They, fairly or unfairly, they're just getting hit very hard for it. I mean, I live in Flushing, so a lot of the restaurants in Flushing are being shut down temporarily, they say, for two, three months, hoping to reopen when all this blows over. But even that, the rent is very high, so it's going to be very hard to figure out what their next steps are. You know, I feel bad because I have a lot of friends who are still working and they're getting their hours cut. From, you know, kitchen guys to servers are losing hours. And, you know, even owners are just losing a lot of money, but they're trying to, you know, keep the restaurant afloat. But it's very hard. In New York, rent is really high. And now, since what, Friday, this past Friday, they said all restaurants in New York, you can only have 50% of your normal capacity right. in the restaurant. So you're talking about, you know, like a 30-seat restaurant. You're telling them, hey, most you can have is 15, a risk shutdown. So already they're not making money. They're barely, they're barely getting 15. You're telling them that's the max you can have. This weekend just passed. I'm not sure how many of them have been hit really hard by that, but I'm sure it's uh pretty harsh right now. Right, and I mean even with that is it's it's a ghost town, man. Yeah. Like it's it's just really strange, really strange. You were it's almost like on some I Am Legend shit. You know, I don't know if you saw that movie with Will yeah. Smith just walking around, and it's it's just really really strange just to see that and um. You know, talking to some of these business owners, you know, I it, it, it now it has expanded beyond just Asian restaurants, mm -hmm. just any restaurant or business owner in general. I went to Donut Planet and I was talking to those guys there and they said this entire week, like, I guess they were one of the last ones hit. I know Asian restaurants were the first one to have mm -hmm. some type of boycott. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just had a trickle effect as this became more concrete. And it's hitting home and people are going, oh, snap, I know that person that may have it or that person's famous and, and they have it. And New York right now has the highest count of confirmed coronaviruses in, in uh, the United States. Mm -hmm. They're going, holy crap. So they started raiding supermarkets. And uh, when I talked to these business owners, they were saying, look, it's been really slow this week. I went to the donut shop. Usually I see a lot of, uh, it's a long line. I see donuts like empty and uh, they were fully stocked. Yeah right. yeah, right now, restaurants are being hit very hard in general. Anywhere you can, uh, large gatherings can happen is being hit. Like, my friend was supposed to get married first week of April, and he just postponed his wedding. Oh, did he? Yeah, because, you know, Corona hits the elderly really hard. 
and his parents are older and his grandparents are even older than that. And just the risk is not worth it. You know, and he was going, he was getting married in a nice place. So, you know, to postpone it, I'm sure the venue would work with him. I've worked at venues like that before, you know, with this kind of, with what's going on, they'll work with you, but to a certain point, because at the end of the line, when this is over, they still need to make a bottom line. Now, the, when you say like he, he was having his wedding, is is that was that a venue in New York City, New York, or was it like international? Because when you, a lot of my friends as well, they canceled their weddings because it's they they were planning a, a wedding in May, but it was in Korea. So I mean, they they were waiting until the final moment to you know kind of you can cancel it until that the ve- wedding value venue actually like. Told them this, you know, we can't have anyone. Everything's closed. Yeah. So yeah. Well, he his wedding was supposed to be April fifth. So it's it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's two, coming three weeks away. And it's not a lot of international people. It's over in Long Island, mm. uh, Ohika Castle. I'm sure you guys heard yeah, of it. Yeah, mm. one of the nicer venue. ones. Yeah. And you know, he just said it's not. He texts me. I'm a groomsman. His wedding party. He texts me. He's like, we're gonna postpone the wedding. I'm like, you know, we all know why. So, Probably a good idea too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just in general, just basically protect his family. Like mm-hmm. you know, your family comes first. You know, especially if you have older uh, relatives, right? You know, aunts, uncles, whoever it is. You don't want your wedding to start off with, yeah. You know, having yeah. to live and, with and that. And people, yeah. people are they, flying in too as well, right? Yeah, or has, they were planning. He has friends to. all over, so you know, he had a lot of people. And a lot of people are scared to fly right now too. Right. Get I mean, on a plane. What do you do? What do these businesses do? Like to survive? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, some people. Forget about paycheck to paycheck. I mean, this is like they live day to day. That yeah. that type of uh, industry. Yeah. Like, what do they? What do they do? Do they all just shut their doors or like? Well, you just got to run your numbers. You got to figure out like a lot of the ones in Flushing, in Chinatown, in Brooklyn, in Chinatown, Manhattan. They just shut down. It's cheaper for them just to pay rent or just talk to the landlord and work out a deal. Tell mm-hmm. them what the situation is. They landlords understand. I mean, you've been there's news out there. A lot of big landlords. Are holding back from evicting people, right, you know, from right. their you know apartments if they can prove that you know their job has been hit by Corona, you know, yeah. or it's an effect from Corona. Like you know, especially when you're a restaurant worker, you're a server. Most of your money is coming from tips. If you have nobody working there, you're gonna make fifteen dollars an hour minimum, and the restaurant has to make up, you know, that money if you're not getting any tips. So the restaurant yeah. has to pay it no matter what. And if you're working inside the restaurant, you know, like I said, everyone's hours are getting cut. It's kind of rough right now. So, you know, it's a uh, winter's always very rough for restaurants between January and February. It's the slowest two months for restaurants in general in New York. You know, it's just a track record of that. This year, it's even worse. Usually March, there's a huge uptick. Everyone waits for it to get warmer. I mean, it's beautiful weather we've had. Right. And restaurants are still not full. Here's my concern. Like once, I mean, eventually we'll all recover. Things will resume back to normal. It'll be New York. We'll be strong um, as 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 a city. But I don't know if it's the damage has been done where we're, we're going to have a lot of these staple restaurants that we're missing on. Not just Chinese restaurants, but just uh, certain restaurants in general that's been around for, for decades of family businesses or, or some really good new ideas, new restaurants that were coming and people were very excited about. Uh, you know, like it's a opening a restaurant you have to put a lot up front and you don't break even and so what, what is it two years usually yeah it usually takes two to three years you hope to you know get to that number if you're lucky you can do it in the first year but even that right. is rough i mean in general the good and bad thing about restaurants so many pop up so quickly mm-hmm. but at the same time so many go away like right you know the rate is 90 percent of all new restaurants fail in the first year what 90 percent is the number that i've always heard that's pretty you know pretty much set 
90% of all restaurants fail. A lot of them are restaurants that are underfunded. You know, they kind of like, hey, I'm just going to bootstrap it. I hope I get business right away. Right. Some, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like a lot of these people that are trying to bootstrap it, uh, they're not going to get business right away. It's obvious. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Chinese restaurant or whatever. Yeah. It's, 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 and that's what really stinks, you know? Um, just, man, it's just bad luck right now. Uh, but my concern is that when we all recover and this gets back to normal, that people may stay away from Chinese restaurants all because of this negative stipulation on on asian people in general just being dirty eating crazy stuff uh i i just feel like people may uh continue their boycott on on, on chinese food or asian food well you know like i always tell people no one's inherently racist it's what you pick up sometimes people are like oh i don't want to go to a chinese restaurant i'm not trying to be racist toward chinese people but i just don't want to go to a chinese restaurant or asian restaurant you know even during this virus part it'll some friends have told me they get calls from these companies that are doing, you know, catering jobs, things like that. They call them and they ask them questions, you know, that they would never expect. Like, hey, has anyone in your company or restaurant recently gone to China or come back from China? Mm-hmm. Or have they gone, come back from Korea? Right. Or they can't come back from Japan? Just asking because we don't, you know, want anyone who's touching our food right. to possibly right. have it. You, you know, know, that's I- a weird conversation to have over the phone with someone who owns a restaurant. Like, you know, it's... Like, oh, I'm not being racist. I just wonder if they did. If they did, I don't think I want to get food from them. Yeah, so my sister's a teacher, right? And she was interviewing for this university job. And they asked her, like, before this whole corona thing blew up, uh, they called her back for a second interview. They loved her. And after that, the, she was like, what the heck's going on? Like, uh, she's following up and it's just, they're, they're ghosting her. Mm-hmm. And then, and then... She, she followed up again, and, and then they said, okay, here. And then they, they, they had this conversation with her. They said, do you want me to come in? No. That's why we can talk over the phone. And then they spoke to her over the phone, and they're asking her all of these questions like, you know, have you been to China? Do you have rel- relatives that came back or, or, or anyone in your household? And, and she was like, excuse me? I mean, she's an American born. She's Her whole family's American. And, and, and all of a sudden, she's feeling like she's been outcasted. Yeah, you know, and and after that, that was the last conversation, and you know, guess what? She's not getting the gig. Exactly. You know, like I said, no one's inherently racist. Right. It's just what you choose. You know, when you're scared, you kind of go to your fear. Mm-hmm. I feel. I feel like it. Those are. You know, how do you approach that? Because those are sometimes they're valid questions. Because if you're talking about um, a teacher, they're they're dealing with kids, so there's that concern as well. So, you know, what what is the appropriate approach to um, ask those certain, those certain types of questions. I know that it might be, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't, you know, it's very difficult and challenging to answer those and very, um, sometimes inappropriate when, 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 in terms of like, okay, you're ordering food and you're asking these questions. But I think sometimes there's some questions like that are valid, like where you've been. I, and, you know. I disagree because. With the coronavirus, anyone can have it. Oh, yeah, of course. It, it, it's not going to discriminate like, oh, you're white, you're orange, you're green. Yeah. You're, I'm not going to give it to you. You got blue yeah. eyes. I'm going to leave you alone. You know, and, oh, you got slanted eyes and, and, and your skin is yellow. Guess what? You got it. it it's, it doesn't discriminate. And, and the way it, the way it's spreading, look at the one Jewish guy, like we were talking about, right. spread it to like, what, 40 people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Everyone and, in the synagogue. And everyone in the synagogue. So, 
are are they going to call Jewish people and say, have you been around the synagogue? Right. Are they going to call Italians and say, hey, yeah. have you been to Italy recently? You know, it's it's I'm okay with that if that questioning is across the board. If that's the new standard, right, yeah. then I'm okay with that. It, then I don't think you're singling anyone out. And mm. and even and what's disturbing is that let's if they weren't doing that, right? Um I mean they obviously have to fill the position and they're just not filling that position uh if you're Asian, then that's disturbing because you're 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 supposed to be educated. You're you're in the academic world, you're a university. I'm not gonna call out that university, but you're supposed to be educated. And if you're the head where you're coming in and questioning people to hire them, but you see that their last name is Asian, or you look at them and you go, okay, this person's Asian, and you're right away, you're, you're putting the stiff arm out, you're going, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not happening. And then you're, or you're having to go through extra security, mm-hmm. extra questioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to make me feel some type of way. And I understand no, if, yeah, if this course. was a disease that hit us only, I get it. Then that's, that's fair questioning. But I mean, it's like saying, like, if you see a black guy on a, on a newspaper, right? And then, you, or you go, oh, most black people are, are the, are incarcerated. That means every single black person is a criminal that, you know what I mean? And then you're going to walk across the street and th- it's that type of mindset that causes this racism towards blacks, Asians, anyone that's, that's not a part of who you are. I mean, as, as, um, Johnny was saying, uh, no one's born racist, but it's, it's the people around you. If you got stupid people around you teaching you stupid things, exactly. then that becomes your belief. Yeah. And then you just have this negative way of looking at things. I mean, when we did our last coronavirus video, if you look down in the comments, I mean, a couple of people are saying something like, "I mean, those I are know. are pretty ignorant uh, yeah. comments." A I don't lot of internet trolls. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they were but like. Then, but then, legit. That's, but then, but then that's <laughs> replies. But but then let's. But that's how that like I, I know they're trolling, but at least a little bit is in them like that. You know what I mean? At least you got a little bit of that that nasty that that. That racism, you yeah. know what I mean? Dark inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you got a little bit of that in you. And now outside, you're going to put on your mask. But, you know, when you take off the clothes, you take off all the, the layers behind, you see the, the, the little, sh- the shittiness. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, pretty sure it might, you know, it might happen and, and it's not going to stop. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, and, and, you know, we have the option to like, uh, filter that. But, yeah. you know what? No, I want people to see that. I'm down for that. Like the good end of that, because that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But that's what's disturbing. You're an education system. And, and because I'm sure they're not screening other members like that. Yeah, th- what what I meant is like this should be across the board. I agree, it should be across the board because you don't know who's traveling to where, right? So I think this that's some those questions are valid, like because of this what's happening right now, the fact that you know cor- you know coronavirus is uh, easily transmitted. So I think like if anyone who's applying to any job, I think that's I, this is a valid question. Like it, but I think the the approaches, like how, you know, how like, you know, in HR now, you, you can't ask a person like how much they made in the, their last job or how old they are. You can't ask those questions anymore. But how do you approach like, you know, how do you approach this situation and not offend anyone? Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if people, that school, institution, whatever is asking those kind of questions of you, do you really want to work for them at the end of the day? Is that a place you want to be at? Because you know what kind of people you're working with now. They kind of let themselves be known what they're looking for, what kind of values they hold. So, you know, maybe for your sister, it was a gift because she, now she knows, hey, what kind of school that is and what their, what, 
their mentality is towards things. So maybe it's for her. She'll find a better job. Maybe it might take her a little bit longer, but it'll be more accepting job of who she is instead of being a job asking, you know, where she's from. You know, a lot of things that people don't perceive as racist. Oh, have your, has your, is your family Chinese? Well, that's not a question you could, you should be asking. Right. As part of your job. Oh, right. I see your last name's Asian. That's not a question. Like I've been a restaurant manager. I've been a general manager. I've had a lot of HR lectures, you know, where we had to understand what questions we can and can't ask. And those are questions we can't ask people. You know, you should not be asking people those kind of questions and basing that, what their answers are. On if you're going to hire them or not. Right. You I know. think that's like incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. So it, maybe it's better for her that she doesn't, you know, she wasn't hired by that institution or that school, right. the university. You know, when they ask those kind of questions and that's the leadership of that school, you know, saying it's appropriate to ask that question. Maybe you know what? It doesn't stop there because right now the education, the education that we're receiving right now is on, as, as far as the media goes, especially the, you know, people believe the first thing people will believe anything that the fucking media portrays anything right right it, it could be fake news and they're like oh my gosh yes as long as it fits their narrative you know they they won't do any investigative uh or they won't drill down deeper they'll just go this is it and that's it right and then and then and then they'll start spreading that bullshit to mm -hmm. other people so people in, in in the school that she's at right now they're questioning her they're keeping their distance oh, from wow. her mm -hmm. she's the only asian teacher there Mm -hmm. So they're asking her, do, do, do Chinese people really eat this? Do Chinese people really eat that? The ignorance comes out or the yeah. curiosity. But even that, like, yo, she's not from China. She's a fucking American. Like, mm. if you want to find out if they really eat that, you know the answer to that. I'm sure you're watching all these YouTube Google, videos. Google, you're, yeah. you're Googling things or you're <laughs> seeing the news. Like, like, you don't gotta, like, like, add that extra level of stupidity. You know, it's like me going up to, to like any other race and asking them about a certain stereotype about their race you know that it's like uh, you could expect to be smacked in the face mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then like you know and, and asians generally speaking aren't um confrontational generally speaking we were just mm -hmm. talking about that yeah. earlier like if we don't like somebody we really just kind of ignore them keep avoid it to them. ourselves avoid yeah. them we don't we don't hunt them down try to beat their asses we'll do it to each other yeah you know, <laughs> Asians will do it to each other. We don't like each other. We'll go after each other. But mm -hmm. for the most part, we, if I see like, if they don't like another race, they usually, they don't get all KKK on them. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't start a rally and, and, and in your Riots, face. You know. Right. They don't do that. They kind of just keep to themselves. Now, the only time that they really start going back is, is if you're attacking them and they eventually they, they just say enough is enough. Yeah. They have and no they, choice. And they have no choice and they get charged up and art of war. Yeah. Same thing. Like if you've been hearing in California, a lot of Asians have been buying guns recently mm -hmm. because they're worried about their own safety now. And they said the amount of, you know, people buying guns in California is a lot higher. Even the, you know, gun shops are saying, you know, they have a lot more Asian customers coming in to buy guns. And why? Because they fear for their own safety. I know Asians that are strapped right now. Yeah. They're like, uh, -uh I'm not going around the city like with nothing. Yeah. You know, they got stuff on them and they said, they're like, let somebody. Now they, they went from like, damn, I hope I'm okay. Be careful out there to, see, that's how it starts. It goes from, oh, let me be careful out here. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to, you know, I just want to watch my back. And then when you start seeing all these news, like of attacks of, yeah. And, and, and the most people they're attacking are like, like they're not talk, attacking healthy men. Yeah. For the most part, one on one, you know, even if they, even if they do have a large group, they're attacking old women. 
young kids, um, uh, old men, yep. elderly grandparents. They're talking. You know, they're attacking the most vulnerable. But I'm telling yeah. you, now those people are gonna be the ones that strap. Yeah, and I'm, it's gonna be crazy, and and that's my concern, though. I don't, you know, like that's how, you know, you get innocent bystanders getting hit, or someone that's just ignorant doesn't. I don't even if they're ignorant, I don't think they deserve that. You know what I mean, or something like that. And that's what I'm saying. It's just gonna escalate, man. And 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 I've I've seen it. I've seen something go back and was now it's just like now we're gonna play a game of tag and we're gonna keep killing each other, hurting each other, and then it's gonna feed the hate and the cycle's gonna begin and then everyone just it's just be constant war, you know. And then like you never know, like maybe a new Asian gang might pop out because of this. Yeah, when you, you know, push somebody group, when you push a group too hard, when you push a minority group too hard into a corner, like anything only thing they can do is attack right come back out attacking they're not gonna sit there and get beat down in that corner right and that's how most gangs start it's to fight like when you look at italians or irish asians how most of their society begins is because the police wasn't there for them right so they have to police themselves it's like the crips that's how they started is that as a community like uh like group but they as you know they became bigger and bigger and you know, they were looking out for each other, their own communities, and somehow, you know, it became into their, oh, this is my block, this is, this is my group. Now, now it became, it, you know, becomes a gang. Right. Yeah. Right. And for the most part, you know, Asian gangs went into the underground. They just, you know, they're doing their thing, making money, and, and they're just be the rise. They're staying out of the tarts. They're staying out of, you know, any attention that's unwanted. They're just focused on making money. Right. Mm. But, you know, you charge these guys up, man. They're going to come right back out and it's going to be even more because it's not like you're, you're going to get these kids, these teenagers mm-hmm. involved, you know, and, and, and that's where the real violence is going to happen because you're going to lo- get a lot of kids that are young, angry, hatred, naive. And that's a perfect fuel to get a group of people to do whatever the fuck you want, you know, and, and then give them opportunities like money and then, then, then this like young freedom and then they're going to start, you know, that's how it yeah. begins, man. And right now there's what do you call it? Colleges are out. They shut down all colleges, universities. A lot of them are closing. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids are on spring break. Tell them not to go back to school when it come when it's over. Right. You know, even New York City schools. A lot of them are saying, "Why aren't we shut down? What's going to happen when you shut down? All these kids are going to be walking around the streets because they have nothing to do. Right. You know, their parents might be working from home or they might be working at their jobs or wherever. So these kids have free reign. They have no class. You know, they have nothing to. You know, right. and then what, what, what do kids do if they're not occupied? They get into trouble. Yeah, they hang I know out. I, they, yeah, yeah, they hang out. They, they hang find, out. You know, they hang out with the friends who say, hey, I got something fun to do. Yeah. Let's go do this. And if you're 15, 14, whatever, you're a teenager, you're not thinking like this is going to hurt me. Yeah. You're fucking like, at least when I was a kid, I thought I was invincible. Yeah. I, I thought I didn't think anything could could touch me or slow me down, you know? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see the the bigger picture behind this but at the same time you it's like a double-edged sword you know you keep them in school and yeah may not have as much as an impact on them in regards to their health concern Mm -hmm. because they're younger they have a stronger immune system um versus older folks but then that makes them the perfect carriers they're gonna bring home to their parents grandparents grandparents, yeah. yeah you know and then if all of them are infecting one another and damn it's 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 tough right now. I mean, it's uh, hard to figure out what to do, what the right thing is to do. Everyone says, yeah, send my kids home, let them stay home. Yes. Pretty much they're going to get at least a month off school right now. You know, most places are saying 30 days. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to clean up the buildings. And even, you know, they want to figure out what's going on. No one knows what to do. I mean, 
this is a pandemic. It's, you know, it's not like it's a hurricane. It's not like it's a, you know, terrorist attack. It's, it's something different. Yeah. And we haven't dealt with that. Right. And I don't want to be an, an alarmist here, but everything we talked about now, we talked about this a month ago and everything came true and then some. You know, I know people were looking at me like I was, I had two heads at that time, especially I, you. I was the, the real, well, I was the uh, more, trying you, to you be were the more optimist. Calm. Optimist. This right? is just so, a flu. This is just yeah. a cold. It's like a, don't worry it's a about high end it. Flu. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, it's like the Christian Louboutin of flus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but you know what? It, it, it's, and it turned out to be like, no, this is a whole nother fucking category. See, it starts, it, I get it. I see it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a cold. It's a flu. Everyone's being tough. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, uh, trying to, to downplay this, water this down somehow. And then next thing you know, holy shit, our businesses are closed. You know, everyone's working from home. You're going out on subways. Yeah. It's like, now Empty. it's like, yeah. now it's not an abstract idea anymore. Mm-hmm. And then now it's impacting you. And I think the next step, I mean, if you just look at Italy, what's going on? Cause we didn't get in front of this, like South Korea, Singapore, Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan. We didn't do anything like, like the way they did. They got in front of it real quick with the testing. They said, test from home, test from this. Like, we'll come, we'll drive to you and test you. Mm-hmm. And then they had an app where they can see who's infected and which area and where they're going. Like, so they had, they, they put, they put out, they didn't hold anything back. They, they rolled out the red carpet in dealing with this, do you, right? Do you think, uh, we kind of dropped, like the U.S. dropped the ball on this? We had a small window of opportunity. Yeah. And I think we still do, mm-hmm. but you think it's too late I or think we still have time? At this point, we still haven't tested. Right, right, right. right. Uh, the testing is so limited here. So yeah. I think that window's closing mm-hmm. and I'm afraid what happens to Italy will happen to us. Cause you, you know, I'm reading all of this stuff on, on Facebook and on the internet and, and a lot of people I'm, I'm, that, um, Italians that are stuck in Italy and, and they said what the, the mass general thought like a week prior to it, they were just like, when like one or two people were infected, like, ah, this is just a flu. Don't worry. Ah, in my time, this, it wasn't like this and that. And they were doing the same thing we're doing here, right? As a society. And then all of a sudden, boom, lockdown, full quarantine. I see that happening here. Right now, before the podcast just started, I, I see um, Teaneck, New Jersey, the mayor there ordered a quarantine. Full right quarantine, full like quarantine. everything. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there, there's also a lot of fake news, you know, rolling about because yeah. you know this this past week we we there was a, a Twitter message or something like that that New York City subways were supposed to close down or or and that they were going to quarantine New York City. New York City. Yeah. Yeah, we were in that group chat. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This bullshit though. But I mean, it's bullshit. Like, I mean, like yeah. Then, but then the, you got to look at the source though. If it's not like a reputable source and it's just like like yeah. a like an Instagram post, right? And someone just cutting out on Twitter, random Twitter account, like yeah. hey, I was hanging out with Bob. And he yeah. knows, and he knows, like some high government the, official, the, the daughter of the mayor, you know, yeah, or whatever. And, and what she the... was saying was this: like that's just too many levels yeah. of 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 shit to sift through to really yeah. um, quote that and pass that along and tell yeah. people like, yo, this is a fact. Be yeah. careful. I don't know. I thought it was suspect when I saw it, but but then I got confirmation from my girl. She she works for um, the Department of Edu- Education, so she she actually got the like, oh, if you want to get the updates for. Um, any anything ha- happening in New York City? Just uh, you know, text COVID to six two nine six two nine, and you get the, yeah. the I, updates directly from the city. I think what they did was uh, they declared a state of emergency. Yes, and right. then everyone probably misinterpreted that as a oh, quarantine. Yeah. So yeah. like, oh, we're declaring a state of emergency. Well, a lot of them they did it just to get the funds, you know, mm-hmm. to get the right. get the money, get to, the ball rolling. Yeah, get the money to help 
combat this. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is by declaring Like that. emergency powers yeah. to certain organizations. Well, just to get the funds mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, any, any place like for the police, for, you know, yeah. first responders to get what the supplies they need or, you know, get the hospitals, the testing they need, the funds to get the equipment they need to do the testing. Right. So, you know, they have to declare it and, you know, like Trump declared it, $42 billion became available for, yeah. for use. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. Some people misread that as, oh, you know, they're quarantining this, they're quarantining. Well, you know, the telephone game happens, you know, right. one person heard it from another. And then you ask them, where did you hear it from? They can't tell you where they heard it from. This, my friend told me this, you know, my mom told me the same thing. You know, she's like, oh my God, you know, in China, they said the U.S. spread, you know, coronavirus to China first. I heard about that. <laughs> I then, heard you know, about that. And then in China, is, uh, they're legitimizing that that rumor. Yeah, they're, they're and, trying to push that. Now through. China's pushing. Yeah. yeah, that narrative as it's not they're our saying fault. It was the U.S. Uh, during like uh, the some type of um, military games. Yeah, military uh, Olympics or something yeah. like that, and that somebody some U.S. army per, group you yeah, know, had it would, and yeah, then brought it over and you know infected the locals because it happened over in Wuhan. You so, think there's some truth to that? I, you never know. I doubt it though, because, you know, it's a very weird. And how would a, like, my question is, all right, let's, let's just question this. Let's drill down a little bit. Like, why would a U.S. of, uh, like, person that participated in the Olympics have it in the first place? Like, yeah. Like, and he's participating, wouldn't he be sick or a little under the weather to? Well, they're, they're blaming, they're blaming it as like, you know, he's one of those carriers who doesn't, you know, you get people carry it who don't get sick. Okay. So let's just say that's true. Then wouldn't U.S. have been hit with the first, like the largest spread? I mean, it seems like we're one of the the we're, right now we're we're just going into the the storm, mm-hmm. right? Whereas China's already like it seems like the worst is over there. They they're having you know recoveries and and they haven't had that much uh, damage and they're going back. I think as of right now they're back to eighty percent um, production. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like I know a lot of like shipments that they have coming out to refill. A lot of their vendors that they work with is, you know, there's this major backlogs right now with lights coming out uh, for their freight. But um, let's just say that true. Then, then, then U.S. would be the first kind of yeah quarantine I mean, area, right? Yeah. Well, they they from what I've heard, they say it's the military, mm-hmm. so they can kind of you know control their soldiers. I don't know. It's just that's I don't know. It's like you, you hear all these conspiracies um, and. And you know, people are depending which group you are. They're subscribing to that that idea. I mean, that's what you know. That's the age we live in now, where everything starts as a rumor, somehow becomes truth, with no actual evidence or facts behind it. Right. So wait. So what's the actual rumor here? Like, just drill it down for me. So let me get some clarity, because I'm sure. Because uh, this is like I heard about it just on the surface, but I didn't really get the whole gist of it. Um, if you could just help me out here. Okay. What the rumor was is I think at the, like around October, November of last year, something, something around that time, there was a, I guess, a military games in Wuhan with, I guess, different militaries, you know, participating, you know, kind of like Olympic kind of style games, mm-hmm. you know, and they claimed that a group of U.S. soldiers was there and they actually started the virus. They spread it to Wuhan first. Okay. Now, all right. So let's say a group of Wuhan's, I mean, U.S. soldiers were, uh, when Wuhan was hosting these games, uh, and they were infected, like, but they're from U.S. Wouldn't, and the way this thing is spreading, we can see, like, 
This is no joke. Unless they were living in a box when their family members have it, their girlfriends, people they were close to, their significant others, whoever. And then those people would spread it. And then U.S., to my point, U.S. would have been completely like the, one of the first ones or neck and neck with China going, holy crap, we're both dealing with this right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, with that, with anything with the military, they always say, hey, they can put them on a separate plane. They could put them in a separate bunker. They, can, You know, you never hear what actually happens, you know, like you hear different things but mm-hmm. you never hear truth they can isolate them away from their families for a given amount of time i mean when so they're saying u.s purposely hit them with this that's what is that's what the chinese are thinking that's what they're you know that's what the rumor mills are saying in china i that, find that hard to believe you know kind of like they were trying to test a new you know i guess bioweapon yeah, yeah but of, then but then if you're all right let's like if i'm a, a if i'm in a leadership if i'm in a position in, of leadership uh in the u.s and i knew we we're gonna, you know, plant this and and just totally blaze China. Um, I at some point, if I'm just using my comments, I'm saying other countries will be affected, and U.S. will also eventually have it because you know someone from there is gonna fly over here, and then they're gonna spread it. So do I want to hurt my own economy? Like, what is the point of this? Collateral damage. They probably thought. I mean, like from a if I'm thinking from from a conspiracy theorist point of view, and it's hard for me to do that because. I tend to not to go towards that, but if if it's sort of like that, what I'm thinking, it's sort of like collateral damage. You know how many people? Um, but what do we get? Like, like hurt more because no, of it? Think about this. Think about this. When when the U.S. goes and use a drone to bomb, like uh, wherever, cert- wherever, right? Right. It's collateral damage. Innocent people will die, and they're okay with that. Right, but it's so, our own people. Hey, I think, and I then, think, and then, like this, you can't control it. What if it hits their home, or what if they, they themselves have it? Unless they have like the secret fucking cure antidote that we don't yeah, know. Now about. we're getting into deep waters here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it's a rumor. You know, that's what the Chinese are starting trying to, I guess, push blame away from oh, from man. it starting. Like I'm really open minded. You know, I'm, I, 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 you know, I play along with this stuff, but. That one is, that's a tough yeah. pill to swallow. It's, well, I mean, among it's the tough. older, you know, like in China, that's a narrative they're spinning right now saying, Hey, we didn't, you know, it wasn't our fault. And how would they know that? Well, again, that's a narrative they spin. You never know. You know what I mean? You know, it's a how narrative. How would they know that? Like any conspiracy, it's a, someone starts it trying to spin it the right way. You tell enough of the populace that it's true. They will not, no, you think anyone in China was like, yeah, we started it. It's our fault. No one wants to, you know, no one's going to admit, like, hey, you know, our country started this. This is all our fault. No, they're going to, everyone's going to look to blame they're gonna somebody else. Shift, they're yeah. going to want to shift the blame. And what's crazy is like, like I said, man, you know, like people blaming other Americans here. Yeah. I mean, we're Americans just like everyone else. And, and right away they, they, you know, they think that, uh, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway, I, I want to talk about happier things. Um, you, Opened several businesses, restaurants, but not only that, you opened up a strip club. Well, I didn't open it. I knew the people who opened it. I helped them kind of start run it, start running it. Like originally, I wasn't the okay. So I was, uh, let me get let me before this gets <laughs> a little confusing. A little yeah, okay. So I was um I knew a group of uh, business owners who wanted to open a strip club in Flushing, so I decided. You know, they contacted me. They said, "Hey, can you give us a hand?" dealing with the food and beverage menu. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. I can help you guys out, you know, assemble a food and beverage menu. Because, you know... People like, actually eat at strip clubs like that? Well, 
Surprisingly, like it's more like girls. Buffet, unlimited huh? buffets. Is that yeah, a thing? Is some, that a- <laughs> not well, some places, but it's actually a lot of the. Some of the guys come in, you know, like during their lunch break to have a beer. They're like, "Oh, I need a burger." You know, you give them decent. Oh, you can. You don't have to charge them a lot of money because the beer is like eight to ten dollars. Okay. So you're making money. You're on the making beer. a lot of. Or if, yeah. you, if they're not drinking, they buy a soda for five dollars for one cup of soda. You charge it. You know, you charge. Oh, they the get food. the club prices. Yeah, you charge the you charge the food. You have the food just to you know so they can have an excuse to come in also like oh i went in there because i really like the burger <laughs> Not, Yo, that's true i've heard that before yeah, you know? oh they have the best steak they, they have the, the best, best sausage yeah, yeah exactly they, they got the six dollar steak special it's so <laughs> worth it to go i'm like oh, yeah bro that's why I, I'm, I'm going there for the six dollar steak i'm here for the food yeah, you know so they have the best coronas there yeah and so anybody you know like any you know so they wanted a food and beverage menu something simple where they have just one cook make everything yeah. you know so I helped him with that. They hired a general manager. He was running the place. He was a little shifty. I told him, like, yo, this guy's kind of shifty. You got to be yeah. careful, you know. So, like, okay, just stop by the club once once in a while at night just to help us out, take a look what's going on. I said, okay, cool. So when I go there, I can't – I asked where the general manager is. He's like, all the staff is being kind of uh, evasive about where he is. Mm-hmm. And then, like, an hour later, he pops up out of nowhere. And his eyes are, like, gigantic. And I'm like – Yo, and he's like super energetic. He's talking really fast, much faster than normal. He was so, on something. Yeah, I'm like, this guy's freaking coked out of his coked mind right out. now. Huh? You know, and then I tell the owners, you know, I'm like, hey, man, this guy's like maybe not the guy you want to run this place. I know he's run strip clubs, but, you know, the 109, the local precinct already gave us some issues when we were opening and we had a meeting with them. So like, you know, keep that shit clean. You know, we don't want to stop over. We don't want to hear drugs going on, prostitution, things like anything, you know, like, Anything they don't want to hear, like, we'll let you guys open, but don't give us a reason to stop by. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I start talking to, you know, security. And then the owner's security company comes up to me one day. He's like, hey, man, um, we got to set up a meeting with the owners. So I was like, set up a meeting. He said, the general manager you guys hired is his buddy. He's letting his buddy walk through without being checked. And he's dealing coke to customers. Oh, shit. He's dealing coke to the women, the dancers. You know, and this and that. And he's, you know, and he's doing coke himself in the bathroom. And mm. that day you found him. They said, we have no idea where he was. And the security's like, we checked the cameras. And we found out they actually had an after-hours party, like, once the business was closed, with him and his buddies and some girls. And they had some, he had some video of some kind of crazy orgy going on with, you know, them drinking all the liquor. <laughs> and Yo, and doing coke. And wow. this, this is, like, after 5 a.m. He's there wow. partying with, you know. And he's like. This is the video that we have. And so this the is security. Yeah, security. We hired a separate security company from the recommendation of the general manager because oh, we want to control it. Yeah. Oh, right. the owners that's want smart. To control yeah, it. that's smart. So, you know, we can control everything. I was doing the inventory liquor. And after that day, I'm like, hey, we're missing a lot of inventory that's Ooh. not purchased in the uh, point of sale system, the POS. It doesn't reflect all these bottles missing. He's like, oh, probably just a miscount. I'm trying to make an excuse. Right. So, you know. I think it was the day after Christmas. We had a blizzard in New York. Mm-hmm. Shut down the club that day. Brought him in. Had a meeting. And they fired him. I'm like, okay, so what are you guys going to do? You know, like he told our staff, like, don't come to work anymore. He told the girls, don't come to work anymore. He's like, oh, I got fired. You know. Oh, you know, he the controlled club. all that? Well, he was just telling them because he had all their numbers. Okay. So he's just texting the girls, like, don't come to work. And then, you know, they asked me, can you handle the club for a couple days, you know, while we search? I'm like, a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, you know, like, it's not that hard. You know, just got to run it like a restaurant. 
mm-hmm. you know, what I have experience in, you know, just with uh, a lot of topless women walking around. Right. You became the GM. Yeah, okay. pretty much took over. First thing I did is I called the house mom, found a new one. The bottom had, bitch? Yeah. Well, she, No, the house mom is like the top bitch. Yeah. yeah. She's the one who controls she, all the girls. Yeah, she like runs. she schedules all the girls. She uh-huh. gets some outfits. You know, she uh, gets yeah. some. She does oh, the all this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. mama san. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the mama yeah. san, you know, like Chinese PR places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, you know, the house mom is that. She gets some outfits. She, you know, makes sure they, you know, like. They look good that they shave their pits, you know, things like you have to look out oh for. Oh my God. Everything you have to is look that, for. Oh my, I it's never even thought about that. Yeah. It's like you have to be presentable. Like, Hey, how are you going to attract guys if you look like crap? Right. You right. know, like no guy wants to see a girl with a mustache, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like no matter how dark it is, you see, pop up. Yeah. So, you know, so had to take control of that, hired new bartenders, fired a bunch of the ones because I found they were skimming tips, you know, and oh we, like gosh. I was just looking deeper into the business. You know, like I wouldn't get coked up, so I just watch what's going on. Right. And after a month, I made probably made a bunch of wholesale changes. Kept some staff that were doing like you know what they're supposed to be doing. Got rid of a bunch of staff that weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Or uh, doing what is it a, is it a really lucrative business? It's very it's very lucrative for the girls. It's very lucrative for for the strip club. It's horrible if you are a manager there. Everyone's like, it's great running a strip club. I said, no, it's not. It's like being the principal of high school. These, oh, these girls that's have, true, man. These girls, you have to constantly monitor them because they will fight with each other, like fist fight with each no. other. No. They will take off their shoes. Like anything you've ever seen, you know, any stereotype that you have of strippers, uh-huh. it 100% lives up to it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like it 100%. It, there's no, there's like, there's I one I thought girl, it was just like Hollywood up just to be more fascinating. No, no. Hollywood actually dumbs it down a little bit. Because it's actually much worse than what's out there. So it's very catty, very, um, very um, high schoolish type yeah, of. Yeah, there's cliques you know, inside, cliques, there's yeah. groups. Like, hey, if I'm on stage, I only want to dance with her. Yeah. Oh. If, you know, I don't want to be mixed up with this other girl. You know, if I'm in the locker room, this this section of lockers is my for me and my buddies. You know, like that's what I want. You know, they they have their groups of friends, things like that. So you know, like, hey, I only come like we had one group of girls. They came together, right? They snuck out the back of the club and started smoking weed in their car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they started smoking weed in the car. They came back in. Somehow, while they're smoking weed in the car, they got into a fight. Two of the girls got into a fight. Like oh an argument. Oh my gosh. And then they tried to have a fight inside the club. So we kicked one girl out. And then the other girl, we're like, hey, you got to stay inside the club until the other girl leaves. Yeah. She said, no, I quit. She ran out of the club, tried to stab her. What? She took out a knife. She's like, I carry a knife. I'm going to stab this bitch. I'm like, no, you're not. Then when she's like running at her to her car window, the girl takes out some pepper spray and sprays her with pepper spray. Holy shit. And this happened in the parking lot of the club. And security's like, you know, do do you want to call the cops? I'm like, no, let's not call the cops. She really went out and stabbed the bitch. She tried to stab. The other girl pulled out the pepper spray and sprayed her right in the face. She comes crying in the club. It's like, that bitch is crazy. She pepper sprayed (laughs) me for no reason. I'm like, you tried to stab her. You said you were trying to stab her. You know, so it's like that. It's like that kind of mentality in there. You know. Is that strip club still there? No, they are actually, it's a funny story. After I, I stayed there, I told myself six months max. I'm, after that, I ended up staying there two and a half years because the money, you know, after a while, the money started getting better. Mm-hmm. Then my money started getting better. Yeah. You know, yeah. when my money's getting better, I'm like, my, you know, this kind of soul sucking, but you know, let's, you know, I feel bad because these guys don't have anyone else to turn to they can trust. I see. You know, so my money's, my pockets are getting pretty good. So let me, let me stick around. But after like pretty much close to three years, I was like, I'm done. 
I can't oh, yeah. do, I can't work here anymore. I can't work here another day. This place is too crazy for me. I leave, I get here at 7 p.m. I go home at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. sometimes, you know, wait for the club to get cleaned out. Make sure the that money gets old, counted, right? Yeah, the money count is right. I'm tired of dealing on a, with On a good night, how much, how much can a strip club like, make? Like, we're doing like, like club nights. You, you're talking about like, easily I've heard like 20, 30, $50,000 on a Tuesday. What? On a Tuesday. Damn, the wow. club, those, they, they consider club nights like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like those nights. Because, you know, Friday, Saturday, the club's busy regardless. Right. We're making money regardless. We don't need to have a promoter come in. Because then we lose our regular customers who, you know, like Friday night, after you get off work, you get your paycheck. What do you do? Right. Spend a little bit at the strip club. You know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, you got a bonus. You're not going to tell your wife about that bonus. You're going to spend it at the strip <laughs> club, you know, things like that. So... We would have, you know, pretty good Friday, Saturday nights where we don't really need the clubs, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when it's slow, you know, you kind of bring how, those in for additional revenue. How about for the girls? Do you think, uh, on a good oh. night, how much can these girls make? Oh, like one making, of the top girls. Oh, they're making thousands easily. If they have a good customer, like everyone thinks strip clubs are just about lap dances. No, it's not. It's 100% customer service. It's about how you hook your customer in, have them come in. I've seen guys come in and just, have a girl sit next to them. They'll buy bottles on bottles on bottles mm-hmm. and just tip the girls money to sit with them. Not to Whoa. give them a lap dance. Because they're, you know, they're great with customer service. Yeah. These guys are just lonely. Yeah. You know, like they have no one else to talk to. They want, a lot of these guys don't do a lot of heavy lap dances. You know, they just want someone's companionship. They just want someone to mm. talk to. Hold on. Time out. Yeah. It's a different thing. It's a different Time thing out. Here. So you're telling me that, hold on. These guys pay a shit ton fuck a lot of money. Just to have a girl out of his league, probably, yep. uh, sit next to him and talk to him or talk, listen to him? Listen to him about his life. Talk to him about life. You know, you're talking about like... That's, that's next level psychiatry, man. No, you got like 50-year-old guys, 60-year-old guys. Maybe they're, you know, they're not married or they're married and, you know, they're not happy. So they come to the strip club. They get a 20-year-old. They feel young again. They're a little 20-year-old oh, okay. wearing a bikini. You know, sitting next to you and they like, feel special. It's yeah, like, it's like a fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's, like, fantasy. it's not it's getting a motorcycle. Yeah, it's, it's a customer <laughs> service. It's like your midlife crisis. But yeah. instead of spending it like 50k on a convertible, you spend on a 20 year old who will sit with you. And then once in a while, you go get a lap dance. You know, I've heard some crazy stuff. One girl told me the customer was buying her iPhones. Mm. You know, giving her thousands of dollars a week to live. Wow. You know, I mean, it's like anything. It's customer service. You know? There that sounds is, like a sugar women daddy. have so much power. Yeah. Women have so much power when it comes to like sexual control. Yeah. I mean, sex is about power. Let's, let's get that. Yeah. Sex is one at, yeah. One it's it's certainly power. about power, you know, and, and women have, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of control. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, if, especially yeah. when you're, uh, you know, I mean, ain't nobody hot. buying, you're buying us hot. an iPhone, you know, yeah, no one's buying that. <laughs> have sex with us. No one bought you know. me even dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get a drink once, but I think she was just being nice. I got a drink so. from dudes, so I, it's totally not opposite that's sex. What, so. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, women have a lot of power. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, the funny thing is the movie with J-Lo recently, The mm, Hustler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The club I worked at, right, after I left, they, you know, the owners leased it out to another group or rented out to another group. And what that movie was based on is what they got shut down for. Oh, those girls who are like drugging customers drug, drugging oh drugging quote unquote drugging customers to make them take to take them out to drink right. spend money at the club champagne rooms you know girls who don't work in the club coming back to the club and getting to run thousands of dollars in credit cards 
You know, wow. those guys who spent those thousands of dollars, those doctors, they were fine spending the money until their wife saw the credit card bill. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Half those stories, when you hear about them, oh, they drugged me. That's why I spent that money. Bullshit. You did it three times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> three times oh. or four times. They didn't spend 20. You know, the guy, there's one, one guy out, one doctor who said, oh, they drugged me for like a hundred grand. Over four, oh, four different times, bro. <laughs> no offense. Not one. You knew what you were getting four right. different times. You got drugged four different times and you didn't realize it. Yeah, you have to be, hilarious. you have to be stupid. <laughs> you wanted to get drugged. That's the whole point, you know, or you were the one providing the drugs. You're the doctor. You know? Oh, my. Well, what kind of guys are you, are, oh, are, are there usually? Like you get all types of guys in the city. You get more Wall Street guys. Okay. Like, especially back then when I was doing around 2010, 11. 12 yeah you know when spending limits were much easier when you could you know write it off much easier mm-hmm. spending you know accounts things like that now it's a little harder you know they crack down more they audit more right about right. those things all that kind of spending back then you know you get all types of guys we have a we had a local con ed you know group that would come in mm-hmm. because we had a con ed uh truck uh bunch of trucks parked by us right so they would show up and after work you know they get their paycheck thursday come friday and you know they come hang out at the club Friday, we'd always do a special, you know, on beers. Mm-hmm. So they come in before 5 p.m. Beers were like five bucks. Oh, sure. You know, that's, you get, that's, you that's a good deal. Sure, man. We no, should no, stop by. I know. for a beverage. It's, it's a good deal until you see the daytime girls, okay? There's a difference between daytime and nighttime <laughs> girls, true. okay? Daytime girls, what we would say is like when in Queens, daytime girls look a little bit less um, what you're looking for. Attractive. But here's the thing, though. They, you know, um, I was out in, um, where was I? In Texas. Right. And, uh, my buddy there, I was staying with him and, and we went to the strip club and he told me like, he, he was kind of like just showing me the, the law of the land over there. And, and when we saw like the, the, the beautiful girls that everybody was, you know, clamoring over, he was going to the, the, the average girls. And I'm like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? He's like, yo, you want to have fun tonight? You're going to stay over here with yeah. them. I was like, why? He goes, well, they're going to work harder for you. They're going to have be, gonna, yes, it's going to be. They're going to be so much more fun with that girls because we stuck up the whole night. You know, with this, these girls here, man, nobody gives them attention and we give them attention. And, you know, trust me, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And then, so we went there and we we're just hanging out and I was like, holy shit. They were like getting conversation. They were real personable. Yeah. They were like, they were just like, just real chill. Yeah. And then we went over there. Uh, the, the, I guess, I guess, uh, the beautiful girls, like, how come these guys, cause we were spending a lot of money, right? It was yeah. a whole group of, it was like a basketball team. So we're all just kind of going nuts. Um, after the tournament and then and then the beautiful the hot girl comes comes in she's like hey guys you guys you know what are you doing you know starts touching us and talking and then my buddy goes well will dad her she's the devil that's the devil she's gonna milk you guys and she's gonna do everything like he's like nah leave her over there leave over there so is there there some truth to that yeah there is um the better looking girls it's more business it's not like they try as hard because like I'm good looking. I don't need to try that hard. Right. I don't need to make a conversation. I don't need to see how your day is. I don't need you to ask me for a drink. I just want that money. You know, the less attractive girls, they're a little bit more personable. You know, they're, they'll take more time to talk to you. Mm-hmm. They kind of know their role in the strip club. There's kind of like two groups. You know, the really hot girls kind of like attract a lot of the guys, you know, the guys who want to throw dollars on stage and just want to see some girls dancing. Right. You know, not really doing lap dances, you know. And then there's the guys who want more lap dances, but they want that more intimate feel. Yeah. Like, 
the girlfriend experience. Like, right. I, I mm-hmm. want to feel like I want to get to know you. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what I find interesting? Like strip clubs, a lot of people had this negative connotation about it. Just hanging out at a strip club, being there. I remember when I was growing up, like, ooh, that's like the devil or yeah. that's disgusting being at a strip club. And as I got older, especially when we went to college, that's when, uh, you know, we, we went to a strip club uh, out in Canada and we were just like, Sunny D's. Sunny D's. Yeah, shout out to shout Sunny out. D's, but it was so normal. And then, as I got older, like it's just a mainstream conversation. People talk about it casually. Like it's a part of life. Sex is a part of life, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's an industry, and and it is what it is. People go there, like you said, to eat, to have a good time. Mm-hmm. People go there with yeah. their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I do. Right? You go. You go to strip clubs. Every 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 city that we visit, we 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 go spend like we one night we would. It's part of our date night. We just go to a strip club and check it out. Yeah. She has more fun so, than I do, actually. That's awesome. <laughs> girls get more mileage. I know. Guys. She has more mileage. Get, do they? I've never hey. went to a strip club with my significant other. No. Girls get more mileage. Girls like to touch other girls. You'd be surprised how many of the dancers are lesbians. Mm-hmm. They don't even like guys, but they're they're willing to you know just make money. Well, lesbians or are they bisexual or no, a lot of them? Or, well, well, my club, a lot of them were lesbians. Oh, okay. They did not want anything to do with guys. They felt oh, like guys were very um, from what their club experience was, they felt like most guys are like this, even in real life. Mm, you right. Know, they're you know, they didn't want to deal with them in general. They like other girls, and you know, they don't you know want to sit on crotches all day. You know, at home or when they do uh, it at work all day. You know? Yo, that's a good point. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I feel like, like, uh, it's it's becoming normalized, and I don't think it's as taboo as I mean. Of course, I don't want someone, you know, like like you know, to that I like my kids to mm-hmm. ever be on a pole. Like that's yeah. like Chris Rock said, that's your job as a dad, right? To keep her away from the pole. Yeah. What well, they look at pole dancing as a exercise now. Yeah, it's now sort it's of yeah, like now mainstream. It's oh, yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, that too. This is sort of not sort of like that normalization you're talking about. Right. I mean, you get you go to a club and there's a pole there. You know, it's just a regular club. I'm not talking strip club. <laughs> yeah, regular yeah. club. You will see a bunch of girls trying to like pretend they're strippers on the pole. That's true. You know, they'll dance around. You know, and you're like, damn, this is regular <laughs> girls. Yeah, you know, they're like, hey, I want to be a stripper. You know, like. For that moment, yeah. For that, that moment, part. they're like they see the pole. Yo, like, I've, I seen, dance I've seen guys on yeah. that pole, yeah. man. It's, it's you know, it's, I've every, had, it's everybody. Yeah. I've had friends who come to the club and like, yo, can I get in the pole? I'm like, fuck no, get the fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh damn. I was like, nah, bro. It's an easy pass. Yeah, it's a hard pass. <laughs> it's hard. Get the fuck off the pole. You know, I call security. I like you see him jump on the pole. I don't care if you know watch he's out my for friend. This guy. Here's yeah. the picture of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> if he comes into the club, watch out for him. And I was like, okay, when we shut down, if you stay around, I'll let you go on the pole. He's like, no, no one's paying attention to me. <laughs> I was like, so you want other guys to watch you on the pole? He's like, yeah. Oh, shit. And I'm looking at him like, really? He's like, yeah. What's the point of being wow. at an empty club on a pole? I could do that at home. <laughs> I could do it at the park on a pole. He's like, I just want the music. I want the lights. I want oh, to know how it feels. The ambiance. Yeah. Everything. I'm like, I want the eyes on me. So wait, at a strip club, do you, do you or... Uh, your significant uh, Gabby, do mm-hmm. you, does she get jealous if girls like you no. know rub up on you? No. And she's like, really? I asked her. She knows it's a job, right? She it's knows. She knows is if we go, you know, she wants to have fun. I, you know, she wants me to have fun. She, she, we talked about it, and she's like, you yeah, know, well, cool, cool. So how how do you? But I get uncomfortable. I'm like, do you get uncomfortable? Like, like you get un- uncomfortable being touched, or do you get uncomfortable when, when oh, guys like, touch her? I mean, when girls touch her, sorry. <laughs> Guys, definitely. Uh, no, um, no, I don't get uncomfortable if girls touch her in the strip club. In the strip yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. 
How can so. you? It's a context. Uh, yeah. How yeah. can you not like it though? I mean, you go to a, if you're a vegetarian going into a steakhouse, you know, you can't get offended. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, right? yeah, yeah. But I get uncomfortable if a girl comes up to me and starts, you know, dancing on me, and then she's there for that, some reason. That's because you're Even too sober. She, yeah, I guess. You but need a few more drinks. She, but I, I know it's it's cool with her. But then I just feel, you know, it's weird to me because I can't really fully like, enjoy I, myself you know am what i'm I saying cheating on you babe is this it, cool it, yeah, like, yeah, are you yeah. testing me here yeah yeah so that, that's why you're 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 thinking too much yeah, you gotta let it much. go baby <laughs> yeah. you gotta let it go maybe don't, maybe don't think it's cheating okay that's what i probably in back of your mind you're like yo i'm cheating on her right now with in front of her and she's staring <laughs> she's right at me like, if she's in front of me he's not no, cheating if she if she yeah, yeah, she's, right if she's there, there with you is it cheating i don't i don't think so no you know i i don't i don't think so I, I think mean, I still, in I still the back of your mind, you're not you hiding anything from her. I still gotta get comfortable. I think I'm, and not if she's okay yeah, with it, yeah. then, then that's something, I think each relationship is different, but like, if they're there with you, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think you get a hall pass. Yeah. You know, no, cause I, then you can go as far as they'll let you, yeah. you know, if they're comfortable with it. Yeah. It's not like you're, and you're not lying. It's literally yeah. right in front of your face. Yeah. We never had an argument afterwards. We never had like issues or, you know, I mean, you're, supposed, so. you're having fun. Smoke yeah. a joint before you go. You'll be more relaxed. <laughs> Seriously, smoke a joint before you go, and you'll be more relaxed. Got you. And she smokes, you know, we smoke. So, so go good. smoke right <laughs> before you go. Have a couple quick shots right when you walk in. Take, like, two shots of tequila, and you're good to go. I need you at my hype, man. I need you to, like, yeah, talk me up, bro. We got to go to the strip club. I need you to talk me up. It's so bad if I go with my friends, like, bachelor parties. <laughs> it's so bad. One one bachelor party, I threatened to, you know, dump Viagra in everybody's drinks. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I don't need that, man. No, no, not that you need it. You have no choice Uh -uh. now. That's the thing. I don't don't want to have, I don't want to lose my option. You know, just walking around like every girl. You know, and I told him. Wait, did, did, you really did that? Like, you. No, I told him I was going to do it. But then I said, if you guys don't start having fun, if we don't have fun this week, I'm going to start doing it. So you're drugging me like, now. I'm going to have to wash my drink. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put a, first I'm going to put a Molly in it so you go wild. Then I'm going to dump Viagra in it because you don't even know what you're drinking anymore. Yeah. You're kidding. You wouldn't actually do that. For the record. For my, for my friends, maybe. For (laughs) (laughs) For people I like, I would. Oh, man. That's a. For people I like, I would. People I don't know, eh, I don't care. Now I'm not going to waste my money on that. You know, but you know, but my friends would be okay with it because they wouldn't remember. So, what what's been the most interesting part of like your entrepreneurship? Uh, just working with a lot of different people. I mean, you know, I've been a restaurant um, restaurant tour. Well, no, I I don't. I was thinking about doing that, but it's kind of boring because mm-hmm. I went on a restaurant tour once to see what they're talking about. It's really boring. Mm-hmm. Like. It's can really you for- can you explain? I'm sorry, I I just threw that out there because I thought restaurant tours are just such a cool title. But can you explain a little bit of what a restaurant well, tour does? Well, the guy, you know, you pay a guy and he, you know, walks you around parts of the city, tells you like, oh, this restaurant's really good. You don't actually go eat at the restaurant. You just go visit it and say, hey, if you have time to go check this restaurant out, it's known for this, this, and this. Oh no, no, no. Questions. What I meant was a restaurant tour. As in, like, oh, restaurant, uh, oh, okay. as the, I guess, financier of, uh, oh, okay. of restaurants or doing that is very difficult. It's a lot of stress being a restaurant owner. Mm. Being a restaurant owner is a lot of stress. At the end of the day, you know, when you're a restaurant manager, you don't care who, you know, where the money's coming from because it's not yours. When you're a restaurant owner, it's all coming out of your pocket at the end of the man. day. All the money's coming out of your pocket. You know, if you don't have a good week, you're like, man, that's stressful. You're like, I hope yeah. it's not two weeks in a row. You know, so I watched my dad go through that, man. Yeah, it's I mean, stressful. It's so stressful. And I watched him work his tail off, man. Like he was the chef and the owner and all that stuff. Yeah. And on slow days, at the end of the day, I'm like, I, I mean, me and my little kid brain, you know, I was like, 
11, 12 years old. Slow days, I was like, I thought it was cool because I got to spend more time with my dad. Yeah. I didn't see him as stressful. We were just chilling, but he was depressed. Yeah. On slow days, he was really beat up. Like, he wasn't happy. And then when, when, when the restaurant was so busy and I watched him sweat his balls off, man, and he's constantly in and out, in and out. And I hear like the, the kitchens, like really, sh- they're shouting at each other. Yeah. Oh, this and that is just crazy hectic. And then at the end of the day, when the restaurant closes at, at, at night, we're sitting down, he has a beer and he's so happy. I yeah. can feel his energy is so light and he's drinking his beer and eating his dinner and he's talking to me. He goes, you know, son, everything's going to be good. This yeah. is good. You know, this is very good. He's just so happy. And, and I just, I just watch him go from like his really high and really low. And I'm, and I thought to myself, I'm never getting in this business. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a rough business. I mean, you can, you know, like without even looking at the numbers, you know, if you had a good day or a bad day, you can just feel it. Like you can just feel it. Mm-hmm. Like if you've been in it long enough, you understand what a good day and a bad day is. You couldn't have a, you know, when you have a good day, you, you really feel it's like a high you don't feel because it's in a day, it's your money. Yeah. It's, you know, money that you have. You know, when you do a good event, when you do a big catering order, you know, when I do like music festivals, you know, I've done Governor's Ball, I've done EDC, I've done Izu. When you, when you, you know, are having a good day there, you, you know, because you're running out of food, you're, you know, yeah, having a great that day. That must feel like, so damn good, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're dying, you're like tired, but you're not so tired that you, you can't be happy. You're extremely happy because you did, you know, you put out so much food and you're making so much money. And, you know, it was a good weekend. You know, sometimes you make so much money on that weekend. You're like, I don't, you know, I don't need to stress as hard this month to right. pay, to pay my staff, to pay my rent, to pay my insurance, to pay my electricity, pay my, all my utilities, you know, pay myself. You know, there's less stress. When less stress, you're much happier. Right. And it's like a, it's like, it's kind of like a, uh, a club, right? The restaurant owners. Cause what I noticed, like, I know some restaurant owners around the city and they all hook, like some high end restaurants that they have, they'll hook each other up with reservations. Yeah. Even though some of it's like a really long wait, but oh, you're a restaurant owner, so am I. And they kind of just kind of scratch each other's back that way and hook each other up. Or, um, even some gym members, like some owners of gyms will be like, Hey, you got, you could come and work out at this gym for free and we'll, you know, just hook me up with foods once in a while. Yeah. I right. mean, it's, it's a big thing. I mean, you know, when you get to know people in the business, you know, it's everyone knows the pain and everyone knows the struggle. So it's kind of something that, it's like being a fraternity. No one else knows what you went through, but the people doing that. Right. So you go through, like everyone goes through the same exact headaches, you know, same mistakes. We all made the same mistakes. We all have to learn from them. You know, not every re- first restaurant is successful, but you, you know, learn on that. You build. It's a special breed. Yeah. And it takes, you know, it's a lot of effort. You know, it's not easy. Not everyone can do it. That's why so many restaurants go under so quickly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if you don't have the drive to keep doing it, now, what's the, what's the key to like having a successful restaurant minus luck? You know, you, whatever um, you can control, like what is the major key? You know, first is, do you have a good concept? Is it a concept or is it a recipe? I always tell people that when I consult for a lot oh, of businesses, shit. some people are like, I have a great recipe. Well, that's not a concept. That's a recipe. You can make one thing great. Yeah, that's great. If you open a small kiosk, you know, you know, a small hundred square foot restaurant that has no seats, you can do re- very well doing that. Or do you have a full-blown concept where, you know, whole menu, drink ideas, you know, top to bottom what the service is going to be like? Then you have a concept. So it, it really depends what you're doing and what, how the food is. If the food is good. Oh, that's, gotta, that's yeah. of course. And then you got to find the location. Mm-hmm. Location is key. What kind of demographic are you targeting? Who are your customers? Are you, are you targeting young people? Are you targeting everybody? 
is there a, a group you're looking for? Asians, right. Americans, Italians, whatever food you're trying to serve. What group are you looking for? Yeah, foodies, millennials. Are, is yelpers. Your food, yeah, is your food more pretty than tasty? That's, you know, that's all those yelpers who take pictures, great pictures. Who tastes like crap? Mm-hmm. But the pictures are amazing. It looks pretty. Yeah. yeah. Really uh, Instagram worthy. Yeah. yeah. And but those, you, that's another group, you know, how well is, how, how, is that well sustainable though? Just cause you got pretty looking food. Uh, it's not that great. Well, it has no. to be decent food. Well, you know what? Food. How about, yeah. how about Salt Bay? I heard his restaurant is shit. Yeah. That's what I heard too. And yeah. customer yeah. service is I've never shit been too. there. I heard, yeah, I heard cursor, like it just, uh, just from people that's actually been there, some of my friends. And then I was thinking about going there and then I saw the Yelp reviews. And I'm like, uh, and then just hearing my friend, like, I, I, I think I could pass on paying a, a premium for, yeah. you know, poor experience. I didn't really want to roll the dice on that. I'm like, well, my friends are similar to me in taste. And then I'm looking at Yelp and I'm like, whoa, these people are like really well thought out. Yeah. And they didn't really enjoy it there. But when I watched the guy on Instagram, I'm like, damn, it looks, yeah. the meat looks great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, everyone who goes there wants him to come to your to your table and do his thing you know his whole cutting his whole salt thing you know like that's what you're paying for like entertainment yeah it's not like the food yeah. you know it's you're paying for him hoping that he'll come by and do that for you and when he and doesn't take a picture with him yeah and video, when he doesn't yeah. come by or if he's not even at the restaurant you feel let down because that the whole point was the experience and he's the experience right so when he's not there to go to every table and do his thing right what do you feel like so, i was it wasn't worth it is is that business model sustainable though? He gets investors just because he's popular and people go there and try because mm. he's popular. And if you're if you have money and you know he's gonna be there, he'll stop by your table. Like you see all these famous people. Oh people, sure. Because yeah. it's not like a random And like, it's free advertising. Yeah. Like if you're if you're like a famous athlete, if you're an A lister, right? Yeah. And then you you you'd say this, oh look, I was with Soul Babe, you put yeah. it on you know, they put it on their if gram or their story. Yeah. You have millions of followers, that's yeah, more so advertising that's for free him. Advertising. Yeah. It's yeah. not like yeah, it's not random, suddenly he shows up one day. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. They all work with each other's PRs like, hey, so and so is coming today to your restaurant, let's set up a photo op for you mm-hmm. guys or video op for right. you guys to, you know, meet up and you know, get some good publicity out of it. And yeah. all these people who follow both of them were like, Oh, I'm gonna go there because I'll see famous people and I'll maybe have Salt Bay come by and yeah. salt my steak for me. Yeah. You know, so it is magical when he does it. I, I mean, don't know. I still I still get that the the, the butterflies, you know, yeah. when I see that. Yeah. Kind of like, but I mean, you know, that's the whole point. You know, like you want to feel that when you're there. Mm. But when he's not there, then people are like, hey, this was just an average meal. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he's what not the here. fuck did I It's even for? below average, probably. Yeah. You yeah. get so many, uh, you know, bad reviews. Yeah. I mean, you know, like that's the whole point. Like he's not there. People are pissed. Yeah. You know, then, so it's, you know, it's without him, there's no real like yeah. sizzle on his steak. So mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about like, like um what's your take on just food right uh in terms of we're talking about concepts here whereas you know that old school concept just the nice old school traditional uh style restaurants like italian Mm -hmm. uh spanish uh, chinese korean japanese just traditional uh versus this new wave where everything's like a fucking fusion or some hybrid and, and oh i grew up on this and then this and then they're doing certain things with that and getting really creative with the food uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't mind the fusion thing. I hate the word fusion, though. But mm-hmm. I don't mind when you mix it like that because it's kind of like you can't tell a chef, hey, cook your traditional food if that's not what you grew up on. Then the food doesn't taste authentic. And that's the whole point of food is to be authentic. So you can tell in the food mm, if it's I love that. if it's true to what they know. Like if I grow up, 
I'm not gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna serve you, you know, General Tso's chicken. Yeah. I don't know how to fucking cook that shit. Yeah. Like, I've never cooked it in my life. Like, even as a joke, I've right. never cooked it. Right. You know, just to kid around, I've never done it. So it's like something you ask me to do, Kung Pao chicken. I don't know what the hell goes in that. Right, right. You know, but if you ask me to cook this and that, I can cook it with five my experience in it. Yeah. So you, you, you know what I hear? Like, there's certain foods that are where they're like, like it's a Korean food, but it's so Cali. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know, like they're easier. They're like, this is like Cali Korean, right? Yeah. Here. It's so good, right? Um, is there something like that, like East Coast, where they go, this is so um, Chinese East Coast or Korean East Coast or Japanese East Coast? Well, from or New York. From what I hear, besides burgers and hot dogs and like American food, but yeah, Shake Shack is <laughs> like the like quintessential East Coast burger, right? You but know, yeah, and, besides American food, I'm talking about cultural foods, like uh, you know, from Italian to Chinese to Mexican. Italian is better on the East Coast than the West Coast. I have friends who live on the West Coast who came from the East. And they mm. said Italian there is trash. Like what? there's some places, why is that? There's some places that are. Okay. I hear Mexican in California is just off the charts, and yeah. it is. I actually had it. It's, yeah. It's Mexican ridiculous. Amazing. Um, I heard if you go down to Texas, you can get really good Vietnamese food. Much better true, anywhere else. True. New York has no great Vietnamese food anymore. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's not true Vietnamese. That's, uh, you know, there's a lot of Vietnamese immigrants that are in yeah. Texas, right? In, yeah. Houston, in Houston. And it's very no Houston. Houston. <laughs> I uh, I live in New York. Okay. I, I call I call right. Houston Houston here. So yeah, it's more authentic. Like. Yeah. In New York, it's less authentic. You know, you have a lot of people just trying to make their food. You yeah. know, what they tasted once and try to recreate it. You know, it's really hard to do it that way. I've had some, a lot of different types of food in New York. I mean, I heard, you know, like Italian is the one thing that is much better in New York. I love Italian You've food. You've got the New York pizza, the New York yeah. bagel. You yeah. Can't, you can't replicate that you anywhere. You can't replicate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Chinese food, I, I thought it was good here until I went to like Toronto. I was like, oh my God, oh, you guys. Toronto. Oh my God, their their Chinese food is so mm-hmm. clean. It's a whole nother level than than New. I would love to say New York just out of my New York pride, but I got to keep it one hundred, man. Toronto, you guys are killing it with your Asian well, food. There's, there. there's a lot more, and Hong I hear Vancouver Kong, too. There's a lot more Hong Kong immigrants that go that, that live in Canada. Yeah. yeah, but people that that live in New York City, East Coast, it's it's from different provinces of you know. Of it just China, you, you know so. what it is to me. It just feels like there's more love. In, in Toronto Chinese food, it just it just feels like it tastes cleaner. It well, it's tastes more skill. authentic. It's more skill in the chef. Yeah, it just yeah. Trust me, I worked in Chinese kitchens in New York in like uh, some of the Chinese restaurants. I asked them, I talked to the chefs, you know, where meal breaks, you know, like oh, how did you learn how to cook? Well, I don't know what else to do because I have no other skills. I'm like, so you have a skill cooking? He's like, nope, I learned that when I came to New York. So Whoa. I said, so you have no skill cooking? They're like, nope, I learned it all in the restaurants here. So. I said, so you never cooked in China? Nope. Oh, I came my here gosh. to New York. I learned because it was one of the only jobs that were hiring for, mm-hmm. for my background. It's either I become an Uber driver or I cook Chinese food. Oh, my God. You know, gosh. or like I, be, I work at a warehouse, you know, very menial labor job. Right. Things like that, you know. So they're like, so the reason why a lot of the good food is not in New York anymore is because a lot of the staff isn't great anymore. Right, you know, they don't come here and they just do to that cook. for cost-cutting measures. Yeah, they do it because they're cheaper to hire people without some mm-hmm. tra- without training, proper training. You know, they may have like two or three guys who are great in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and if you don't get those guys cooking for you that day, your food is mediocre. True, mm-hmm. that's why so many restaurants are inconsistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're yeah. like, oh my god, this is the best restaurant, and then you go back in there and you go bring your date. You're like, well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, I did that. Like, I went to this restaurant. I don't want to say which one. You know, but uh, it's a it's a a Shanghai restaurant and and uh, it was so it's like a Shanghai fusion type and it was yeah. so good 
when I went there. I was like mind blown. I took a date there. We were just like, we always loved that spot. And, and a couple of my friends, we went there again. It was great. And then on a weekday, I, I took some of my colleagues there and, and I was talking it up big time. You know, we went there, we ordered just basic chicken and broccoli and yeah. some other stuff. It was disgusting. Yeah. Super salty, uh, soggy. It was just overcooked. It was bouncy, really gummy-ish. Yeah. I was like, what the... You have a kid cooking back there? It was just disgusting. They, they might actually have a kid going, cooking back there. Yeah. I worked at restaurants where the chefs were cooking, you know, sometimes for lunch shift, if it's not a busy lunch shift, mm-hmm. they'll have newer guys cook because they're yeah. cheaper. And they'll have the guys who are faster cook the dinner shift. Man. And just because that one experience, I never went back there again. And I looked like an idiot yeah. in front of my colleagues. They were looking at me like, damn, I thought Will was like... He knew he, shit. He knew his <laughs> shit. He's got, he's got a weird palate. Yeah. He brought us some weird Chinese restaurant <laughs> with yeah. horrible chicken and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of food That's does Will eat? That's why you had to find out who's, who's cooking your food, right? You got to yeah. find out. Big well, friends with the chef. Yeah. Or, you know. Well, you know, you got to know like, you know, the ins and outs of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you got to... I always tell people, tell... Talk to the manager of the restaurant. Say, hey, man, the food is horrible today. What's going on? He might tell you honestly, like, hey, our head chef is off Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. And you're oh, like, okay. that happens. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Because I've been in restaurants and I said, what's wrong with this ramen, like, bowl of ramen? This is not good. How, <laughs> yeah, not good. It's not how I had it last time. He's like, oh, yeah, we changed the recipe. We have a different, you know, you know chef. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah. that happens. Like, food changes very quickly. Like, yeah, it does. Like anything. Or they have a different supplier. Yeah. That happens soon. Well, the mm. supplies are, Pretty right. much all the ingredients they order are the same now. It's pretty standardized. Is it? Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere gets, everyone gets the same ingredients now. You, you tell the company what you want, they'll send it to you. It's honestly breaks down right now to just how well the kitchen is it? trained. I see. Yeah. Or that's why well we had cook. that. We had that, like, there was this place we went in Brooklyn and it had 50, $50 omakases. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, man, the, it's so good. Yeah. It tastes like a hundred dollars. Like if if I didn't look at the the menu for the price, I would think I'm at a place where it's more premium price wise. Mm-hmm. And and when I spoke to uh, one of the servers there, they were like, "Oh no, we get it from we 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 get it from the same people. They do we get the flights every day from Japan. Yeah, and we get it flown in from the same people that they do." So I'm like, "Wow! So why are they able to pay for premium? Oh, we're not in Manhattan." Yeah. Location, yeah. yeah. Yeah, location. And we just churn out volume. Yeah. So they depend more on volume than they do on just like this fancy sit down. It's yeah. the same, same high quality, but you know, it's right. just, uh, the interior of the restaurants, like you can tell it's a little it's more drab. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not that high end. I mean, with restaurants yeah. in the city compared to restaurants in the outer boroughs, you would say in the city, you're going to, if you have a meal in a restaurant, a nice restaurant, you're paying $150, $200 a person. You're not going to spend 35 minutes in there. You're going to spend an hour, hour and a right. half, two hours in, Brooklyn, Queens, wherever, you have a $50 meal. You're like, hey, yeah. I'm going to spend 45 minutes because I'm not going to hold up this table. Yeah. You know, you have a different mentality going in. You're like, hey, this restaurant isn't a place I'm going to sit yeah. for, for two hours of my date because it's kind of normal looking. Right. You know, it's not like somewhere we want to be. And, you know, the food comes out super quick. Right. It comes out really fast. So you're like, it's kind of yeah. like the restaurant telling you, hey, we need to turn your table. Get up. Yeah. You know, so that's how it works. It's all real interesting stuff. And I hope, uh, these restaurants get back and up and running stronger than ever when yes. uh, all this thing blows over. Um, we're wrapping up, but before we do, we have a new thing that we're doing, you know, that we tried out in the last episode, but definitely want to continue that with, with, we heard, you know, good things about it from people that, that got some help from it. Um, recommendations, man. What are you guys up to? What are you guys reading? What do you rec, or restaurant, whatever? What do you guys recommend? We'll let, uh, our guest here, our oh. honorary guest. Like right now, even I'm a little bit 
shy about going out to eat really because mm-hmm. you know main thing is for me is i have a new i have a nephew 15 months old i love him so i don't want to put i try to see him i see him like four to five days a week uh-huh. you know i try to play with him so i try to limit my exposure to anything okay so i can see him a lot okay so right now i'm very uh risk averse okay so you're 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 recommending social distancing that's what I'm. I'm a hermit right now okay. until this all blows. Yeah, I know. Over. When I saw you, you gave me the elbow bump to be safe. So. Yeah, I'm like, yo, no, there, there's no handshake. No yeah, handshake right me. now. Yeah, we didn't. We elbow. didn't do our secret handshake yeah. or bloodline. You <laughs> know? Every, everyone's getting the elbow bump right now. No one's getting. No one's getting a hand right now unless I'm wearing a glove. Yeah, I heard people are just. They're also like cautious about the elbow bump because people are coughing into elbows. Yeah. And oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> and Jokes you on you, buddy. Yeah, sucker. Oh, shit. Well, no. that's why I do the outside elbow, not the inside. Outside elbow. Okay. But. There's some restaurants, you know, that I'm hearing about. I mean, you know, what restaurants do you like? What would you recommend? Depends on what you what you're looking for. Me, I like, I love Korean food. Mm. I love oh, Korean yeah. barbecue. Yeah. I go to the place. What's your where go-to I live. spot? Uh, I like to go to O2. O2. Okay, they have an O2 around here. Yeah, I like yeah. the O2. Yeah. I like the cast iron. The cast iron pot. Yeah. Oh, so you like the all you can eat spots? I'm a big boy. I need food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm paying a hundred dollars yeah, per person I've, for a couple. I've been to both, food. and I agree with you, man. Really high quality stuff. Yeah. Good service, mm-hmm. good high service, quality, high quality. Cheap yeah. beer, cheap soju, family mm-hmm. friendly. Yep. Oh man, I might want to go there today. You want that three dollar height? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All day long, you know, five six dollar bottle it's a soju. Hey, hey, it's a, as you guys can see, like in the view behind, you know, behind Will. It's a beautiful day. We might have some Korean barbecue and some beers. I Hell think that's yeah. a great idea. I think too. that's a fantastic yeah. idea. I got my mask in my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look okay, it up you know. to eat. It's like screw social distancing. Do I bring my kids? Is that, is that irresponsible if I bring my family? No, just say, hey, I want to be at least 10 feet from the next table. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's a great suggestion. You, 10 feet, like, you need marker find, tape. You need yeah. <laughs> find, find a Six table feet. that's like no one likes and say, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> give me that one the one in the corner no one sits at give with me that less one. foot traffic yeah and you can put the beer boxes in front of me it's okay <laughs> how about you, How about um, you? well right now I just it, it's an update that I gave from my last one uh, where I where I uh, recommended Castlevania on Netflix if you're into anime but it's not anime but it's it's a uh, it's a Netflix series cartoon uh, with, with Dracula story about him his lineage vampires and it expands well beyond that but I guess he's a catalytic uproot story. But uh, why I'm re-recommending that is because holy shit, season three. Yes, I finished it, and oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I couldn't believe when I saw nipples on it. You're gonna see <laughs> what? nipples. You can see nipples, crotch. This is a cartoon, bro. Nipples and crotch. Nipples, and but it's so good. They <laughs> capture the essence of like it's unreal, vampire life, and 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 it's just so damn cool. It's sexy. It's the way it's done, the way they edit it, it was just brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I am obsessed. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's been two days since I finished and I keep, usually like I'm done and I, yeah. I don't think about it much. But it's been two days and I still think about season three. I'm just like, that was insane. Like mm-hmm. episode eight, nine, and the, oh my gosh, it was just mind blowing. So now that I finished season three, I want to double down on my record. Before I was like, I was thinking to myself after that, mm-hmm. our, our previous episode, I was like, Damn, should we, uh, damn, should I have recommended that without seeing season three? Because I like one, season one and two so much, but I just finished season three and I'm telling you, watch that. If you're into like anime and, and, and stuff like that, it's just so good. It's so, so yeah. good. It's a little slow to begin with, but trust me, when you get towards the end, it all comes together and you're just, holy shit. And they got like sexy vampires. Shout, shout out to Lenora. 
Shout out to Lenora. She's evil I haven't as fuck, seen, but... Well, I've seen the first two seasons. Oh, first man, season. Lenora, she's hot. Oh, speaking about shows, like last podcast, you were talking about aliens. Yeah. You ever watched the show on History Channel called Project Blue Book? No. I heard about Project Blue Book. Yeah, it's on History Channel. Yeah, it's on History okay. Channel. They talk... It's a, it's a TV show. They talk about, like, all these things you heard back then about aliens mm-hmm. and, you know, the military's yeah. thing with aliens. And supposedly, it's based on real stories from okay. this one guy who was the... Who the military was using, like a professor was used to bring him around to explain certain things, like yeah. what's going on, like why people are seeing aliens here and there, and he would, you know, try to break it down, and explain it. At the same time, you know, he would hear about well, aliens. Is it is he trying to de- defunct the the theories? Or I think he's yeah, trying to- yeah, exactly. He's trying, he's trying to defunct it, but he's actually on the inside too because he actually believes in aliens himself. Oh, right. So he's trying to get on the inside what the military knows. Gotcha. And he's getting help from these groups that are yeah. telling him aliens are real. <laughs> Roswell was real. Things like that. Right. Okay. And eventually, what they did was they scrapped the whole Project Blue Book mm-hmm. because the whole purpose of Project Blue Book was to say, "See, I told you guys." We, yeah. we did our investigation, we did our due diligence, and we found nothing that was conclusive okay. to say that UFOs are, or, or aliens are a real thing. Okay. But during the process of Project Blue Book, what they were discovering yeah. were, holy Wait. shit. They started like, seeing all real. these anomalies where yeah. they could not explain. explain yeah. they, they did not have a, a scientific explanation either way, mm-hmm. and, but it was more convincing that there's a strong possibility that this can be true. It was like fucking them up in their heads. Oh, damn. They, wow. shut, they shut it down. Yeah, Crazy the last, yeah. yeah, the last episode I saw was kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. Is it on Netflix? Project Blue Book? I'm not it's sure. On it's on History Netflix. Channel. I, yeah, it's on History Channel. I streamed okay. it through another site okay. that we can't really talk about. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> and then um, there's one episode that we were kind of talking about, Corona and the Army. This one episode was... These guys were... The Army guys were doing training in the woods. Uh-huh. And they said they saw aliens. So they started shooting right at the aliens, uh-huh. and it was thought, doing nothing. Yeah, it was doing nothing, and they couldn't figure out. And people were going, they were all going crazy. And then later, at the end of the episode, you find out the military gassed their own soldiers to see how it would work on people. See, I'm telling you, collateral damage. Yeah. We talked about they this. Gassed their own soldiers. Very possible. That made them see these aliens, but oh. it wasn't aliens. It was just visions they were getting from the hallucinations. From, oh, shit. They were doing like yeah. um, some kind of uh, hallucinate. Yeah, gas or something. What like the that. fuck? And yeah. they, you know, and then they, they they found these rocket shells and everything. And the scientists found all these rocket shells. He's like they were gassed by the military. And they said, other military people were like, why didn't you tell us that you're gassing our own soldiers? Right. Like, well, you know, we weren't right. Did, didn't they they try out LSD on our own people yeah. back in the day? Mm-hmm. Too? So yeah. that's why you know, like you see all these things happen. You're like, would they give Corona to our soldiers? Well, they've done other things to yeah. our soldiers. To spread they, things, yeah, they drugged us. Oh man, I don't want to believe in that. You know, it's so weird. I don't like, want to believe like my, in it either. It's like but. my programming is like going, yeah. nah, man, but, no way. But the U.S. military has done it before. It's done it before, yeah. Oh yeah. man, they, mean, they also, uh, yeah, it's something that I just learned recently. Like they, they've invited Nazis to when when World War Two ended. They invited Nazi, Nazis. Oh yeah, we recruited their scientists. We recruited yeah. their scientists. Yeah, everyone knew you that. Know. Well, that's yeah. that's Some normal though. Like you, you know, you want to get this. I mean, these people are like off the walls, yeah, like smart, the mm-hmm. smartest of the smart. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't just kill them. Those are assets. Yeah. yeah. And you want them to work for your country. I mean, like, like, I no, get they, that. They didn't go to like they didn't I go to prison. That. They they were like, yeah. I mean, they they, they were given uh, full new identities and yeah. they, they were living full sure, lives. Sure, but you think about it. If you're trying to get like you're trying to like arm up and get the best 
players on your team. Well, you want to keep them away from Russia know? too. That was their main exactly. thing. Exactly. away from Russia. Exactly. Right. Because yeah, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we got to protect ourselves from other yeah. countries. So they're looking at the bigger picture yeah. than immediate justice. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Like that I get, but then like fucking up your own citizens. Well, like, I mean, you know, did they drop Agent Orange on the v- on our own soldiers in Vietnam? I, th- I don't know if it was on our own soldiers, but, but no, they were, I heard they about that. Yeah, Asian they knew they were in the jungles. Yeah. yeah. They, they dropped it on jungles anyway, where our soldiers were fighting. The wind was blowing in the yeah. opposite direction. Yeah, but you know. Wait, what's, well, what is Agent Orange like? I think it was uh, also like a, a mustard gas or yeah. type of thing. Like, chemical weapon. Yeah, chemical oh. weapon. They were dropping, they're trying to drop on the. So why would they drop it on our own soldiers? Well, our soldiers were there also. Oh, I guess it's like when I'm watching a movie and then I like, Shoot the arrows. When like when the both groups are going, and then I like, shoot the and the general looks at him and is like what? And the king's like shoot the arrows, and they're killing their own people. Mm-hmm. And is it something like that? Yeah. Wow. That's you know, crazy. they you know accidentally bomb our own soldiers because they can't figure it out. <sighs> man. Yeah. Fuck war, man. It uh, happens. I mean, you know, like that's how they test these things. Sometimes you gotta test it on your own people. Damn. Collateral damage, bro. Like All I right, said, Norm, your your recommendation. How the fuck did we get? There? I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you're asking for my recommendation. Uh, you, like I brought up that whole <clears throat> the government invited Nazi scientists into the U.S., gave them hopeful identities, and kind of living among you know Americans. But imagine if you know you found out that Nazis were your neighbors, right? How how would you react? So I've been watching this show called Hunters on Amazon, and it's about these uh, a group of uh, Jewish like individuals not they're not all jewish but they they have a, a jewish uh like head professor professor x type of character and then they have like um uh, people from, from japanese descent um and <clears throat> people from the uh, mi6 they form this like kind of misfit group and they hunt nazis so this is when world war Two ended and they were like okay the government is doing this but because of what they did to you know the jewish uh you know the jews in in in, in europe we have to form this group and hot, uh, hunt down these Nazis. And that's what they did. This, I, I found it interesting. It was like a really cool show that these oh, guys... on Amazon, right? Yeah, on Amazon. And these group of people from different uh, diverse backgrounds. You had a, a, a black woman, a, a woman from MI6, and you had like these uh, a kid, uh, a Jewish uh, businessman come together and go out and hunt these Nazis. Oh, wait, yeah. that, that's the show with um, Al Scarface. Al, yeah, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Yes. Yes. Al Pacino yes. Scarface is hunting the Nazis. <laughs> Scarface versus Nazis. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for Lucky Boys. Um, I want to thank our guest, uh, Johnny Sheck, for coming in and sharing his entrepreneur you know, life and his knowledge. And I think everyone, uh, listeners, really you know, learned a lot today. So thank you for coming in. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Later, alligator. And to our fans, don't forget to subscribe and like and share our content. All right. Comment. Check you guys later. Lucky boys out. Comment. We like to see the stupid comments. <laughs>